Good afternoon and welcome to Partner First, your source for subject matter experts, vendors of note, and thought leaders in the MSP space. I'm Ray Rossini, I'm your host, and today we're going to be joined by another amazing guest. As always, this is not death by PowerPoint. We're looking forward to your comments, your questions. Uh, this will be completely interactive. So if you have a question, pop it up. If you have a comment, pop it up. If we suck, tell us too. Uh, this is being live streamed on YouTube, on Facebook, and on LinkedIn Live on both MSP Media Network and OIT Boy Properties. And also, this is going to be available immediately thereafter. Uh, so the recording is there if you have to hop off as your workday starts. Uh, to get started, I'd like to help you in welcoming my uh, good friend, Mr. Will Young, CTO of Baring McKinley. How you doing, Will? Hey, Ray. How's it going? Good, man. Good. It's been uh, it's been too long since we've hung out. Uh, I, I appreciate you coming on Partner First to uh, not only educate me, but also the MSP audience. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, for those that don't know you, why don't you tell us about yourself, about what Barry McKinley does? Sure. So I'm Will Young. Uh, I'm the CTO, the tools guy over at Bering McKinley. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, we are an operational consulting firm um, for MSPs or internal IT departments. And, and we really like to focus on um, the company, the business as a whole. So we've got our, our CEO peer teams where we're diving into your financial numbers. We've got our management consultants where we'll help you hone in on your processes and procedures. And we have our tool consulting where we'll help you lock in your tools and value out of it. I'm sorry. I thought you got cut off. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, so I, I mean, it sounds like you do a whole lot. Uh, so, and what about your role at, at Barry McKinley uh, as CTO? And obviously you've been hitting the conference circuit. Um, what, what's your direct role there? Yeah. So my role now is, you know, I, I kind of take it upon myself to, to be the knower of all the tools. I try out a lot. I talk to a lot of people. I'm trying to build partnerships with, with the vendors um, to help in, enhance that Barry McKinley ecosystem, you know, get some discounts. Um, but then help, uh, helping the clients with their with their RMMs specifically or the rest of their, their tool stack and making sure that they're integrating and um, they're getting the most value out of their tools, kind of finding some of this waste that we're going to talk about yeah that's um whatchamacallit that's uh you know that's always the hard part i remember when i was an msp um yeah thanks uh tim uh we're gonna get the audio corrected in a minute um but uh whatchamacallit yeah so you know as an msp i, I had tons of tools and i was always looking at the shiny new thing right that's the running meme in the msp space you know it's uh you know, switch RMM, fire your client, switch RMMs Wednesdays, it's change your PSA Tuesdays. It's, you know, it, it, it never feel, it always feels like there's something new, um, but not enough people actually leverage their stack to get, you know, maximum efficiency, maximum, you know, squeeze out of it. Um, yeah, are you and seeing it, a it, lot of that in the space? Yeah, and it's, it's overwhelming, right? Like you go to these conferences and it's vendor, 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 pitch, 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 and, and, um, and, and it's overwhelming. Do I need to make a change? Do I not need to make a change? You go on LinkedIn, your email is getting flooded. And um, I feel like as an industry as a whole, and I'm going to overgeneralize, you know, we could do better when, when in, in implementing new tools into our stack and um, maintaining the, the stack that we have. I always like to say the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's a lot of work to, to change tools. So but the new toy has, the new tool has so many toys and probably AI and whatever. 
what do you, uh, you know, and we'll get, I know we'll get into this. Uh, we'll get into, you know, scoring your tools and the rest of your presentation. But I wanted to ask you real quick, like, what is the, um, what is the single biggest thing that you see like most common when it comes to like not using a certain feature or functionality of a tool? Is there any like theme that comes up over and over again? Um, I, I feel like tools not syncing into your PSA, either with the billing or the ticketing is, I see that almost all the time. Uh, you know, specifically I do a lot in the automate world. Everybody's managed to automate sync is broken. Yeah. I mean, automate <laughs> is, is just a remote like access tool, right? That's just how you access screen connect. So. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to admit that I may have been one of those MSPs back in the day, um, at least for like the first six months uh, of Automate. I, I was using it specifically for remote access um, until we started building it out. So I completely get it. Um, all right. So you wanted to start off with a little exercise. Uh, you want to introduce what you wanted to do? Yeah, sure. Um, Simon, if you can go to slide four. Okay, so real quick before we get started, just give you guys uh, a, a score yourself. How well do you think you're you're using your tools? Are you getting the most value out of them? Are you you staying up with your upkeep? And when I talk about the tools, I mean the big ones. When with us or our PSA or in the RMM, but really we're talking about everything: your Microsoft environment, your your documentation tool, your QuickBooks, your uh, your HubSpot, all of that. So what? You see, you see. I know you work on certain stacks, but, um, but the most common stack you work on, are, are you seeing a lot of it? Because I know back in my day, I, I was mostly in managed and the full scam suite, um, HubSpot. Not that it wasn't a thing; it just wasn't on my radar. Because I guess everything. Of course, I had like you know Mailchimp for email campaigns and stuff like that. Are you seeing tool sprawl uh, more prevalent today versus uh, when it first started? When you first got into the business? Um. I, I don't, I think people are using more tools now than when I first got into the business. And I think our, our behavior when it comes to the uh, upkeep of them, it hasn't really changed or improved much. One could make the argument that like the Microsoft, it, um, we're paying more attention to our Microsoft because we all got burned with, with the security stuff and, and all that on the uh, insurance wise. But, you know, really the whole point of this this talk is to, take those great habits that we're developing on, on on our Microsoft environment and implement those to the rest of our tools. Yeah, I, I get that. So, okay. So I'll give you the floor. What, uh, what do you want to talk about next? Okay. So um, the next slide, please. All right. So, here, what we're uh, kind of the order of events. I want to talk about the problem. The problem I see um, when we're, we're working with MSPs, where we all struggle, and um, and we'll break this down. And we're going to start with uh, the the journey of a tool, and we're going to go from the, the buying process to the onboarding process to the the, the recurring maintenance. So okay, so you actually have a process for like doing this stuff, not, oh, that's pretty, sign up for trial and then tell somebody to implement it at some point, or worse, pay for it for six months and then yeah. maybe implement it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's all what it comes down to, right? So at Bearing McKinley, our, our main charge is we want to help help clients level up. We want to help clients be more profitable. So 
So when we're looking at our our, our AGP or agreement gross profits or our net profit, you know, it's it's that old um, Arrested Development line. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always <laughs> things we can do in our tools to, to to move that number. For sure, yeah. And Brian McConnell McConnell is uh, agreeing there in the chat, saying, you know, uh, it never happens, never. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the problem. What is the problem? What is, you know, besides I want all these features, but tools should address a certain need, right? Not just because of the pretty features. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we're, we're signing up for tools. We don't have a real good plan. And and part of this starts with just getting off on the wrong, wrong, uh, getting off on the wrong foot. So having an undisciplined onboarding. Hey, I'm going to start paying for this tool. I don't have time to implement it or... You know, that old saying, the CEO bought a tool, didn't tell the techs about it. The techs don't know how they want to use it, what the plan is. Um, we get re reactive in our maintenance, you know, in that automate to manage environment, uh, scenario. Oh, uh, somebody mentioned a ticket, and then I went into automate and realized I haven't had tickets syncing for six months. Or we missed six months of billing. At the end of the day, these things are hurting our bottom line. And, and in addition to that, you know, some of these things that we should be paying attention to are so that that uh, increasing security risk, looking at new tools and how they actually increase security risk, that's a conversation I've seen over the last six or eight months. Um, and obviously, that's not a new concern. That's something that's always been in place. Um, but I think people are more judgmental or more, uh, they have higher scrutiny for tools that add a new agent or to a client's platform or uh, ingest data and you know how they're handling that data. And I'm, I'm not even talking GDPR, I'm talking like in North America, but in North America, the same thing. It's, you know, I see a lot more MSPs talking about the increased security risk of adding anything to their stack. Mm -hmm. um, is, is that a common thread with the MSPs you're, you're helping? Yeah, and, and you know, I'm gonna use the example, you know, I've got some very respected friends in the industry that are incredible in my go-to people when I have secure, uh, security questions. But um, you go into their manage and everybody's an admin or everybody's got the ability to export their data and they didn't realize that. Or in their automate, everybody can run build the script, which means everybody's got access to run SQL queries. And all it takes is one person to have a bad day and have the rights that they shouldn't have. And, you know, you're in trouble. <laughs> that was one of the biggest things when I first loaded automate. I mean, I want to say for a good three years, everybody had admin access like the permissions inside automate now to be fair it was five or ten you know technicians at the time it wasn't a huge amount but still everybody had admin access and everybody could like you said they could go screw up the uh the database if they wanted to they absolutely had the ability to yeah um, and then like automate you've got to put in those passwords for um uh for the agent if you need to and everybody could see and read those passwords you know there's mm -hmm. certain thought processes you want to think about with your tool. And it's not, you know, always at the front, the front end of your mind. So when the, the MSPs uh, work with you now, um, I know ideally they would be going to you first and saying, we have this need or, you know, by you, I mean, BMK, whatever, whoever they're working with, I have a need. I want to solve this problem as opposed to, I bought this tool to solve problems. Help me. How many are you seeing? Uh, what percentage of MSPs are you seeing are doing the former now being proactive about having a conversation with you first to determine solution need before purchasing something? Sure. Um, so I think a lot of it depends on where they are in their journey. 
you know, a good portion of our, our clients we're working with right at the beginning. So it's their first foray into the, the ConnectWise Manager Automate. So we get to help build those practices right away and talk about those habits. Um, if it's a client that didn't do the, their implementation with us and they're coming to us because, hey, we're, we're drowning, we're overwhelmed, um, we need help getting back on track. That's where, you know, we will run our assessment, point out the risks and recommendations that we have and use that as our hit list for further consulting. And then at the end, uh, <clears throat> on the high level, if it's just, hey, we're really in tune to our numbers, we want to make it to the, um, this next benchmark, where can we where can we tweak? You know, we'll analyze analyze the tools, we'll analyze our management costs for the tools and uh, try to find some safe, um, safe deficiencies. So you go over things. Uh, so give me some examples of the problem, right? Um, and I know you go over this before you buy. You have some questions. Um, do you want to move on to the next slide so we can address them there? Or you, you want to talk about the problems now? Yeah, we can go on. Um, sure. Let's go on to um, slide. Okay, so a lot of the prop, and I have this with clients that are, I've been working with for years. Hey, we need to add this tool. And I'll say, hey, why? And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You're at the conference, you saw somebody, they gave out cool swag, they had a really cool booth, lots of people. You think you need the tool. But when we want to buy that tool, you got to pause yourself and let's, let's ask ourselves three questions. So the first one is, what is the problem we're going to solve? What what is the point of this? Um, what is the point of this? And the example I like to give, <laughs> the analogy I like to make, is: we need a tool for remote access, or do we need a tool for monitoring? You know, like over the weekend, the kids wanted to go bowling, so we're looking at bowling alleys, and we got into a debate over bowling alleys because, well, this one's got arcade games, and this one's got laser tag, and I was like, no, we want to go bowling. Who cares about that stuff? So let's say focused on what problem it is that we're actually trying to solve and not get caught up in the bells and whistles. that all. Once we've identified that problem, I really recommend talk to a couple of people. You know, it doesn't have to be the first person you talk to, the first person to you know, talk to three options. And then once you've honed in who that, um, what the tool is that you want, ask them to talk to a couple of current partners. I mean, Ray, if, if you're talking to somebody who's thinking about OIT and they ask to talk to some current partners, would you have a problem putting them in touch with anybody? So I handle it a little differently. I do ask, um, you know, I ask the partners if they don't mind. Uh, that's why we get so many testimonials. Uh, okay. But I personally am like ridiculously protective of my partner's, um, of my partner's uh, privacy. Um, so you know, each and every time we get an ask for uh, any kind of references or stuff like that, I will point them to the reviews. Now we do, we focus a lot on making sure they get reviews, but you know, we, I ask the partners every time and put it up to them, especially like when it's something like white label where they're, nobody's supposed to know we exist in the relationship. Sure. Um, thankfully there's more than enough reviews that <laughs> it makes it okay. Uh, Will, just real quick, because I see the comments from uh, Tim and actually Tim and Tim. Uh, do me a favor, just make sure, because you have a highly directional mic, just uh, you do the same thing I'm doing. I I, I do this all over the time. Um, 
and I've adjusted my mic for it. But if you could just face the mic when you're when you're talking, because sure. uh, these guys want to make sure they get every word you're saying. So. <laughs> Is that better? That yeah, um, yeah, that's good. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. So what we're yeah. talking, to the, wanting to talk to the partners, really, what you want to talk to the partners about is um, that onboarding process. And uh, did they run into any pitfalls? What What did they do? Um, what challenges did they have? And so you can plan for those potential potential gotchas. So okay. once we've, uh, once we've identified that, the big thing is how the hell are we going to pay for this? Right? Are we just going to pass this through as a cost to to the company, um, is this going to be a license cost to our to our clients, where we're going to just charge by the license? Um, is this going to pay for itself in saved labor, or um, or is this going to pay for itself by lowering our security risk? And it's important that we recognize this. So when we go into and we're evaluating our process, and are we making money? Are we achieving what we want out of the tool? we've got numbers to look at. Like, yeah, we need to sell X amount of agents to get ROI. We need to save five hours a month for this to pay for itself. So now we can track that. Now we can be actionable and we've got some KPIs. So, you know, this process very fleshed out and I like it. Um, I can't say I've ever actually looked at how are we gonna pay for it beyond <laughs> is it in our budget? Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. At some point it goes to where on the chart of accounts do, does this lie? Where is it? Is this a resold good? Is this something we're absorbing to provide better service to the client? Is it just a cost of doing business? Um, so yeah, it absolutely makes sense doing that up front. Um, this process, though, I want to, uh, which I'm calling, I, I want to qualify it. Are you doing this with every tool? Like when they say I want to do email phishing or you know uh, security awareness training, CSAT, whatever. Um, are you doing this process with every tool they potentially bring on? I, I would argue that you should. I mean, it doesn't need to be a two-hour a two-hour meeting, but you should you should know the answers to these questions. You okay. know, like if you want to bring in phishing, um, for example, like uh, <clears throat> email awareness. Okay, that's great. Um, is that going to just lump in with our current all-in pricing? Is it going to be an add-on? Are we going to change our all-in pricing? How are we going to communicate that to the clients? Things that we want answers to questions we want to know before we sign on the dotted line, so we know what we're getting ourselves into. Okay, and then you know when it comes, how much time to implement? Um, now I, I, I get you may be a little bit biased here as as a company that helps with the tools, <laughs> um, but you know a, a lot of these companies charge onboarding fees. A lot of these companies, you know, I'll use Manage uh, for example or Manage Automate. You know, they try to sell you the professional services for onboarding, um, and a lot of MSPs just don't want to pay anything for onboarding. Yeah, we're technical; we can do it ourselves. Um, I'm of the opinion that if you don't pay for professional onboarding, you're going to spend more time doing it, which is going to cost you more, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of getting the new tool to begin with. Um, how important do you think it is having a professional go through onboarding with you in the implementation of that product? Well, I think it's incredibly important. And when we talk about, because a lot of what we do is we um, we work with ConnectWise to onboard uh, new partners with Manage and Automate. And you know, at that point, they've they've signed up for the professional onboarding with us. But when we talk about how much time to implement, they know they get twelve hours with the consultant. But how much time do you need in between those calls? And how much time is it going to take you 
to do all those calls. You know, like we've got clients that want to do them all in, in a month, in two months. And we've got clients where it's a year and they've only used half of their hours. So we're really trying to trying to budget the MSP's time so we can block out those resources to focus on the tool. Because the last thing you want to do is pay for the professional onboarding, go through the motions, not be ready when that onboarding is complete, and then be paying for the tool that you're not getting any ROI out of. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I can't, yeah, I mean, I've been in a spot where you get the tool, you're excited about the tool, you buy the tool, you run out of time to implement the tool. And then six months later, you're like, well, I haven't used this. I should cancel. Let me see when the contract renewal is. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. a vicious cycle. You know what I mean? And, and I'd be lying if I didn't say we didn't have something today. Um, at least one tool today that we haven't fully implemented because it kind of fell off the priority list. With or you buy the tool, you're really excited and, oh, I got to work on this project and you completely forget about it. And and that's the kind of waste that we're talking about. And that, you know, it, we at Barry McKinley are trying to preach to eliminate. So, and I imagine having, having somebody like you go in and, uh, or your people go in and, you know, when you get, for example, automated managed, I'll use it because they're the easiest example. Um, having somebody like, you know, somebody from BMK come in and say, we're going to go through this process to get you on board and get you running up to speed goes much, much, much faster than the alternative. Yeah. So, um, if you talk about a client that say, let's say you call me tomorrow and you need help with your automate, you know, you could tell me what your problems are, but honestly, like before we even address those, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do an assessment. I'm going to compare that to my best practices. I want to get your system up to best practices before we even start talking about those other problems. Um, just to make sure that there's no, no gaps in the system. And so nice. our engagements always start with an assessment and then bring you guys to best practices. It's almost like what we tell MSPs to do when they get a new client, right? Do the yeah. assessment before you start changing stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to work on your printer. We need to make sure that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm with you hundred <laughs> percent. All right. So, uh, so we know the, problem. We know how we're going to pay for it. We've determined if it's uh, a cost of goods resold, if it's going to go into the stack, if it's an internal use thing, we know how much time to implement. Hopefully they're using, you know, well-known and respected firm like Barry McKinley to help implement uh, much more quickly. Um, so let, let's, let's go through the onboarding process. What, what does that look like exactly? Awesome. So the onboarding process, this is like <laughs> the most important. And we were just kind of talking about it because you want to get off on the right foot of the right foot with the tool. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. It's it's not easy because, you know, we I say it like with clients, right? And I think it was actually a ConnectWise thing I, I was speaking at. I was on a panel years and years ago. Um, but somebody had mentioned, you have the first five touches with a new client to cement their impression of you for the next two years. Well, tools are very similar. If their first interactions with the tools uh, the users, or, you know, that could be in your internal team or the end users. If their first interactions with the tools are going to be, this is frustrating, you're going to have an uphill battle. Ah, sorry, words. You're going to have an uphill battle uh, getting them to adopt the tools. Um, I'm with you. I think onboarding is like, is the most important piece uh, of any tool implementation. So when we're talking about onboarding, I got just a couple big, you know, stages that, that I like to, you know, bring up 
onboarding any tool. The first is who's going to be your champion? Who's going to be responsible for setting up and configuring the tool? But when you're identifying that, it is critical that you identify a backup because you know what? Your champion's going to go on vacation. Your champion may get sick or, you know, hopefully not, but your champion may leave for another job. I can't tell you how many clients I get just because somebody left and nobody knows what to do with the tool. So by identifying a champion and a backup, we're, we're, we're preventing that right from the go um, from the start. And you know what I'm going to ask. I mean, it's one thing to have subject matter expertise, but you know how I feel about documentation um, is part of the onboarding plan. You know, when you're, you're establishing these subject matter experts, um, documentation, in my opinion, is the best way to ensure ease of knowledge transfer when you have new people into the fold, yeah, um, either from somebody leaving or from, you know, new hires, whatever. Um, do you cover that documentation during onboarding or is that an after the fact thing? Yeah, that, that's one of the, the outputs that you need during the on, onboarding is you need a, at least two key documents is the client onboarding document. So when I'm setting up a, a, a new client, what do I need to, um, what are the steps that I need to do so anybody can do that? But also a new user setup, which is maybe an end user, but your internal users to make sure that all our users are getting it set up appropriately and consistently. Absolutely. All right, so we got stage one, pick a champion and a backup, cool. Uh, right. What's stage two here? So we we just, we want to block out the time on the calendar. And really what I'm preaching is treat this like you would treat a project with your with your customers, right? Set set aside the time, designated time so we can work with it, but also schedule your, your, your project check-ins, your, your cadences. And the reason we want to do that is because if we've got a goal that by June 1st, we want to be live with this and we ran into problems in the middle of April, we need to either adjust by adding more resources or adjust our go-to-market date from June 1st to July 1st. And this goes back to the, you know, the trust but verify. I'm going to trust my champion and my backup to get this tool up and running, but I want to verify that they're still on track and we're going to hit our target date. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, it's a matter of everything has a next scheduled date until it's finished, right? If you don't schedule the time, it's not going to get done. I, you know, even poor Simon in the background, he's heard me say this 14 billion times. If you haven't created a block of time, if you haven't scheduled it, it's never going to happen. How many things you have on your list? Of like, I want to get to this next week when I have time. And that never actually happens. You never actually get there. Right. Um, and you need, you need to have those blocked out times. So your dispatcher knows, well, Simon can't work on tickets at this point. He's working on <laughs> these tasks and manage. Otherwise, Simon's going to get flooded with tickets. So, you know, this kind of co uh, this aligns with our with our ticketing and our calendar strategy of Barry McKinley as well. So, so uh, let me ask you a question, though. I mean, you you have this experience, you have this expertise. Um, Simon knows zero about tech. Could you get him working tickets for me? Because you know, I'd like to you know backfill my tech team a little bit. So, <laughs> don't worry, course. Simon. I can see the panic already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got the time blocked out. We picked our champion, our backup. What's next? Okay, so we're having we're having our check-ins to make sure the tool is getting set up and implemented. While we're doing that, we want to come up with our go-to-market strategy. How are we going to sell this? What kind of sales documentations, marketing meals do we need? We want to have all that ready. So on June first, when the tool is ready, we can hit go and <clears throat> start bringing in that revenue right away. 
Revenue is important. I like revenue. I'm all, I'm always done that. And, and this all goes back to trying to eliminate the waste, right? If we wait till the tool's yeah. ready and then we need another 60 days to come up with that go-to-market strategy, now we're paying for that tool probably at this point full price for 60 days and not getting anything out of it. Right, because most of the bigger tools are going to give you some kind of ramp-up period too. Um, you know, it's just leverage that right like especially it's like when you get that credit card with no interest you know use that to the best of your ability like you know intelligently but you know make use of that if you have a 90-day ramp up where they're not billing you for it i do my damnedest to make sure we're onboarded on on that tool before we're at full board billing right it's just yeah exactly and so that 90 days needs to be 90 days till go to market so if right. that means in 75 days that tool needs to be fully implemented so we've got 50 15 days to sell. You got to work backwards from go to market, not work backwards from when the tool is going to be ready. I, I agree 100%. I, uh, that's the constant battle I used to get in with sales previously. Um, because, you know, I'm a network engineer at heart. That's what I did for, I'm not going to say how many years because I don't want to say how old I am. But, <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. Like salespeople would tell me all the time and marketing people and devs would tell me all the time. Well, you know, you can't plan for like mistakes come up all the time, bugs come up all the time, or what ifs come up all the time. And my thing as an engineer, yeah, you build that buffer. You work back from the absolute final date you need to have it up and running and you build buffer from there and you have testing from there and you just work backwards and that tells you the true timeline. Um, if you're just making up time, you'd be like, I'd like to have this done in 60 days. You're just in a world of hurt if you haven't planned that way. Um, but it, it amazes me, like how many, like, that engineering mindset of working backwards from the target and accounting for what ifs, like that and, applies and, to universally, right? That's not a tech. Yeah, and they wouldn't do that with the client project, right? Like if you're doing a domain migration, you know, you wouldn't exactly, you wouldn't just, oh, we'll wing it. It'll be done when it's done. But you, you would think it out. You would map it out with your target dates and your buffers. And it's the same process. Like, I mean, I, I Look, I'll admit, I, I've done every bad thing you could possibly do as an MSP at some point during my career. So, yes, we've done email migrations where, like, eh, Skykick or BitTitan will take care of it. No problem. And then, like, what the hell was wrong with me? Why did I? <laughs> now, that was very early in my career, and I was able to use my mistakes to teach, you know, the rest of my staff um, so they can make their own new mistakes. Um, but, you know, it's yeah. it's all and, – and that's kind of the point of the experience, right? You want somebody – like BM, and I know this is not a pitch for BMK. I'm just saying, like, but you know, BMK. I'm a big fan of advisors. I'm a big fan of like getting subject matter experts to come in, put you under their wing, and make sure you get off on the right foot. Um, that that's why I'm so passionate about. I'm, I may be more passionate about BMK than you are about BMK. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you a survey. <laughs> <laughs> really, like, none of this, you know, this stuff that we're talking about here. Like, if if you guys are doing this right, you know, you don't have to call me at least for the first phase, you know, this, this method is not dependent on you need a consultant. This method is, it's the equivalent of going to a dietitian and then saying, Hey, you need to exercise more. You know, we all know we need to do it. We just need to be better at it. And if I do, if I, if I preach this well, then you should guys should not need to call me right away. And so I'm losing money. <laughs> well, you're teaching them, right? You're, te you're teaching right. them to make use of this so they can have more meaningful impact with you. It's it's no different than onboarding with an, MS an MSP onboarding a client. I mean, that first month or two months, that first onboarding, 
you're doing a lot of hand-holding. You're, you're basically Biffles, right, for that onboarding period. Everybody knows what each other had for breakfast and dinner, and they probably saw each other waking up and going to bed that, that week. Whatever it is, because there's a lot of getting accustomed to the process. But once you do, you know, the next whatever, the subsequent months are much easier. I imagine this onboarding plan, as you spend time, the MSPs kind of learn to do a lot of this themselves. So when they do engage you or the other professionals at BMK, it's for more meaningful stuff because they've already gotten really good at this. Yeah, we want to we want to be working on the high level stuff. And it doesn't have to be this onboarding plan. Obviously, we recommend this one, but at the end of the day, just have some sort of plan. <laughs> you know, a yeah. plan is better than no plan. And, and let me ask you, so uh, Simon keeps bringing up the link, um, and you can download this presentation. So uh, if you want to see this and go at your own pace, it's there. Um, but Simon is putting up, you guys are gracious enough to include a free tools assessment um, for anybody watching this webinar now or in the future on YouTube or whatever. Um, you know, that brings a good point, right? New MSP comes to you and says, okay, we have our stack, but mm -hmm. we didn't do this. Are, would you still recommend like just much more quickly, but going through these steps to make sure you have a solid understanding of the, your tool set? Yeah, that, that's all part of our, our assessment and best practice, um, best practice project. So um, yeah, this website, and we'll talk about it more later, but if you go there, go to the landing page, you know, you get a free either a PSA or an RMM assessment. We'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll give you our recommendations, um, which would be the same as if you signed up for us, you know, we're not going to, remediate it but we'll we'll show you what we find and we can have a conversation around that so you, you know what's worse than tools i am using that i didn't onboard properly and i apologize for the bang that was me i thought i was muted <laughs> i was uh <laughs> taking stuff out of my thing uh the one time i'm not muted right um so what's worse of you know than going to uh whatchamacallit than doing this with tools you are using and you maybe didn't go through all these stages so you don't know where you stand um is what about the tools I'm not using at all, right? <laughs> like those inactive tools, um, you know, what's your stance on that? Well, yeah, and then when we talk about, and we're gonna get into this on the next slides, like we wanna identify those inactive tools. So when we're talking about the maintenance post onboarding, what do we need to be doing with these tools? The conversations we need to be having about our, about our tools so we can identify hopefully on the front end when we need to replace the tool or when we can just flat out get rid of the tool. So when we're talking about tool maintenance, we've got two buckets. Uh, next, please. And when we talk about these buckets, the big thing is we want to trust but verify. And I like to say we want to pick somebody to trust and pick somebody to verify that it's being done right. So if we're talking about RRMM, who are we trusting to maintain it? What are our key KPIs? And who's going to be responsible for maintaining or for double checking that those KPIs are being done? Now we can verify that by looking at a report, by some sort of monitor, by checking to make sure a ticket was closed, but we wanna have somebody assigned to be the truster and somebody assigned to be the verifying. So the two buckets, <clears throat> next please. Sign in. There we go. <laughs> so the one that's gonna be our security and our technical audit. So when we're looking at this, the first thing we want to look at is who's got access to the tool? What kind of permissions do they have? Um, really what we're trying to identify, did somebody create a, a test account, give it full admin rights, forget to, to get to remove it? Did we make a, a temporary API key? Do we still need it? Can we clean that up? 
our agent cleanup. Did we, um, you talking about our RMMs, have we removed all of our old agents? Did we replace the machine and forget to, um, forget to retire? This is all resulting in potentially paying for licenses that we don't need or preventing us from having to buy more licenses. Um, our tool patching. That's what I was asking about, like, you know, if we do this with like the existing tool set too, because I, I, we do audits regularly. I like to think we have a good change management process, including testing new tools and decommissioning tools that we decide not to go with or when we're done using them. And we still always find stuff, right? <laughs> That's not, you know, uh, and for those that didn't see the previous partner first, we did a partner first with um, Saslio uh, to discover some of that shadow IT. So I, I recommend you go back and find that on the MSP Media Network site. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's always a little bit of cruft left behind. Um, and, and I love this because it, it accounts for that. And, you know, the last thing I want is a, a breach notification six years from now that some account I forgot to close, you know, got breached and they have my plain text password that, of course, I use the same password over and over again. I'm kidding. But, you know, it, it happens, right? It, it does happen. Yeah. And if you're unsure about what to do, how to do this for a tool, Talk to your vendors. Like, Ray, if if I called you guys and said, "Hey, what are the monthly things that my my champion needs to be looking at? What are the what are the five things that he should be monitoring?" You guys would have no problem looking at that oh, yeah. and help him come up with a checklist. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and that that brings a good point too, right? Like, the vendors should be. I mean, how many vendors talk about partner enablement? Um, and when you go through vendor selection, how many vendors are prepared to tell you that? Like off the bat this is you need to be watching these five things once you get started um i would argue the better vendors probably have that ready to go the minute you ask yeah absolutely um so a couple other things that we want to be pointing out at, or taking a peek at at this point is the tool patching like are we uh, do we have our, our systems patched the latest version of automate if i if you log into your control how many of your control agents are out of date um, that kind of stuff, making sure we're current. Um, license spot check, making sure that all our old clients are out of there. We're not paying money for those. And then any kind of tool-specific KPIs. So like in our Microsoft environment, accounts without MFA. Um, <laughs> uh, accounts without MFA, um, machines that aren't patching, that kind of stuff. Let's identify those KPIs and check on them every month. Make sure that we're taking advantage or we're taking action on those and not forgetting them. Love it. Okay. So, and I, and I know we got to kind of scoot a little quick because we're already at 145. I want to be respectful of people's times. Yeah. Um, but it's more than just technical, right? There's the, the financial aspect of this thing. Yeah. So the finance and leadership, we call this finance and leadership checks and balances. Um, so the license reconciliation, and this is, are we charging our clients for all the licenses we're paying for? And this is not as simple as just trusting your sync. We need to make sure that, you know, we're identifying it if our sync is broken or if we forgot to properly onboard and turn on the sync for a client. That um, makes sense. Yeah. We want to, want to identify the, the cost to manage this tool. And if you've got a decent um, reporting tool and PSA, you should be able to, to identify, you know, how much money are you spending in labor to, to manage this tool? Is this <clears throat> when we were, uh, making the tool selection uh, tool selection decision was this in line with what we expected? Is it over? Is it not? How are we going to account for that? Um, going back to the how are we going to get ROI on our tool? Well, did we do it? Did we not? Are we on track? Are we are we not? 
And if not, what are we going to do to do that? Do we need to sell more licenses? Do we need to charge more? <clears throat> These are things that we need to be focused on on month one, month six, month 20. It matters. And then just the overall effectiveness of the tool. So this goes back to what was the problem, right? If we're, this tool is not solving the problem, if it's a documentation tool that's meant to give everybody real-time access to the documentation and they can't log in because of outages, well, we've got a problem. We need to uh, you know, start looking at other options. And you know that overall effectiveness, like you said, these these are not these are not metrics that you look at one and done after you're implemented and just move on with life. You're, I imagine, you're doing regular stack audits um, to make sure you know you still believe the same thing today. You're still happy today as you were last year. Um, is that a regular part of what you do with the MSPs? Yeah, and depending on the, let's say the 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 criticalness of the tool, it could be as, as frequently as monthly or, you know, as quarterly or even yearly, but we need to be checking on all of our tools at some sort of cadence. So, well, let me ask you, okay, I, I'm a brass tax kind of guy, right? Like we have a mutual friend, Jason Slagle, which I gave him all types of gruff uh, because I just realized your fridge, I have the exact same fridge in my office. I'm staring <laughs> at it right now. Um, but, uh, I give him all kinds of gruff because a year and a half ago, him and every other security researcher on the planet, their answer to every question was, it depends. Well, yeah, we got to check and see and blah, blah, blah. And so I tasked him and Wes Spencer and John Hammond and tons of other security researchers. I said, give me actionable items I can take away. Stop making it. It depends because you can't expect people to be protected and you know do the right thing if the answer for everything is it depends um if you can't say it easily how the hell is somebody like me like a lay person gonna understand it um so i'm gonna talk to you let's go to brass tax msp comes to you and says will help me you're my only hope uh, you know i i've been msping for you know five years but i am not using my tools i'm using full scam suite what does that look like? What's like your first vector of attack? What are, what are you doing with them? So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do a, a business assessment and assess their business and just kind of their overall profits. And then we're going to assess their tools and identify, you know, where where they're lagging. And I like to take the house and you know you know the old old show, old show house. I like to use as an analogy, you know, patients always lie. It's oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, an MSP could come to me and tell me the problem is X, but chances are the problem is really Y and Z. So we, we like to get in there, get our hands on it first, then make our recommendations. And then based off of that, we can we can come up with a plan to either swap tools, help them re-implement their, their current stack, or um, recommend some better tools and help them get, the, get those um, properly in, implemented. Yeah, that uh, talking about house reminds me of, uh, you know, the tennis ball. He would play with uh it wasn't even a tennis ball it looked like a tennis ball um but it has an official name ball of unknown or origin because even the people on house have no idea where it came from but it was a running thing throughout the entire show um and it actually changed sizes it went from like tennis ball size to like you know like size three soccer ball size it's it's a whole thing it's i, I love those little easter eggs anyway um but okay i mean but that goes back to what you were saying right like at the very beginning of your process identify the problem um so, you know, that makes very much sense. All right. So is there, when you're consulting on the tool sets, you're helping them with stack alignment, you're helping with these things. Are there 
is there a specific tool set that BMK, I, I know you're agnostic, but like, is there a specific tool set you're very comfortable with or does it matter, you know? Yeah, at the end of the day, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. I mean, we we do a majority of work with the ConnectWise stack and then the tools around that, but uh, we've got plenty of clients on, on the other tools um, as well. And, and I will say you're the first one I ever, I've ever heard talk the first consulting company I've ever heard talk that mentions the security of the tools in the conversation. Um, if you know, I, I always say like my sales methodology is I, I love bringing up ideas that the client may not have thought of and mm -hmm. creating a point of conversation around it so they can start thinking about those important things. That's what a subject matter expert should do, right? Bring awareness to the things you weren't thinking about. Um, and I know every MSP is paranoid about security, as they should be today, right? We all should be paranoid about security at this point, um, you know. But having the vendors you rely on and the the coaches and um, you know uh, that you rely on, having them be aware and focused on security too is a big deal. Um, so I, you know, I'm very glad to see that. And like uh, Simon has the link up there uh, for the free tool assessment from Barry McKinley. Um, Will, thank you so much, dude. I appreciate you. Uh, where are you going to be next? Um, so I will be uh, out and about this summer. I'll be at MSP GeekCon, um, <clears throat> around. I will be at IT Nation Secure, um, and then I'll be at the, the CompTIA thing in August. So come find me, come say hi. Uh, yeah, please fill out this, uh, uh, <clears throat> sign up for, for an assessment. We'll take a peek at your manage. We'll give you our thoughts. We'll, uh, I'll do the same thing for the automate uh happy to help you know we're this stuff is just i want to help make this make the community better awesome i i appreciate it will um and i'm glad to hear the the three events you mentioned or the, the next three events i'll be well i'll be at a few others but i will be at those three events so i'm i'm glad we'll be able to hang out as well um maybe we can set up like some coaching time or something like a little like i know they were doing this channel partners where they had a little like spend time with coaches kind of thing um maybe we'll do a little open live stream q a from one of the events uh, sure. i think it'd be kind of full kind of cool all right man uh well will's information is in the show notes below it's on that card go hit them up for i mean they're offering a free assessment <laughs> like go hit them up that's kind of a no-brainer um and will's a good guy he's not going to hammer you with sales and all that crap that's not his style um but we have some really cool stuff coming up besides those events we talked about simon what do we have coming up next man yeah, so we do have uh, several events coming up uh, tomorrow. We, we are actually doing an MSP Dispatch special report live stream uh, with Alex Farling of Lifecycle Insights and Dan Wensley of Scalepad. Uh, so this is going to be our mergers and acquisitions and owners insider perspective. Uh, so make sure you tune in on that. And that's going to be hosted by Ray um, again at 1 p.m. Um, next Thursday, April 27th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be at the Tech Bar Podcast, episode 57, with Kyle Christensen of K7 Leadership, and we have a special surprise guest host um, for that episode. And then May 11th, or May 1st through May 5th in-person event, we're going to be at IT Nation Evolve uh, in Dallas, Texas. So Alex from our team, she'll be there. Uh, make sure you come by and say hi to the team. I'm always muted at least once. And if that's not enough, uh, I'm doing a webinar with Richardson and Richardson tomorrow uh, talking about uh, 
increasing MRR for cybersecurity sales, I think. I don't know. It's on the link. <laughs> but we're giving away cool stuff like this Stream Deck right here. Um, so this is Simon's, but we're giving away a brand new one. Um, so there you go. Yes, Danny, I was muted. Blah, blah. Uh, but all right, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Will. Thanks, everybody, that's been spending time with us. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Will, thank you, dude. Uh, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you. Time went by way too fast. I can't wait till the next one. Uh, yeah, until I, next I appreciate time. it. Thank you so much, Ray. Yeah, man. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye, guys. This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.